Hi, I'm Mary Grace Almandres, the Vice President for Diversity and Inclusion. Welcome to the Lonely Campus Podcast, as presented by the Office of Diversity and Inclusion. This show is hosted by our Administrative Fellow, Amy Messersmith, and features students just like you who share stories about the challenges and triumphs that come with trying to find your place on Syracuse University's campus. Hi, everybody. This is Amy Messersmith. I'm one of the associate directors for HUP and SSS here at Syracuse University. And I am also one of the Office of Diversity and Inclusion Administrative Fellows. And so my proposed project is a pop-up podcasting studio. My theme for my project is inclusion and belonging. So we have this podcast called Lonely Campus where we want to collect students' stories about um, how they found their way on campus. And I'm very excited to be here at 119 Euclid talking with Nate Brown. It's nice to be here. So Nate, why don't you tell us a little bit about your school, college, your hometown, your major? Uh, yeah, like before I went to uh, Syracuse, I knew that I really wanted to go into like entrepreneurship. No, I was always trying to like find solutions to like problems. And once I found out that Syracuse had like a good entrepreneurship program, I knew I was ready to take on this venture. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And hometown is where? My hometown is in Rochester, New York, upstate New York. And you are in Whitman? Yes. Very nice. You're where you need to be. Do you mind telling us a little bit about your college choice process and how you ended up here at SU? Take us back. Yes. Okay. So SU wasn't my my first choice. I wanted to be closer to home. I wanted to work at the same time and another school actually had gave me like the same offer. It was St. John Fisher. It was so close to home but their entrepreneurship program just got started. So I decided to move out to Syracuse for the curriculum. And I knew there was other aspects when it comes to like choosing your college, but I don't know why I was so like fixated on like what curriculum will get me to like my goal or my career. So you had a vision, you had a goal, you knew the kind of degree that you wanted to get. You knew that it was going to serve a particular purpose in your career path. Yeah. And so you went with the school that had a more established. More rigorous like curriculum. Because I know that's what my mom always, my mom and my dad always talks about. Having a strong education, always being educated. So I couldn't like settle for less just because it was more convenient. I had to like push myself to try to work and try to like manage myself when I'm at, you know, somewhere farther from home. So... It took you outside of Rochester. Yeah. It's only like two hours away, but I still feel like as if Rochester is so far away. Right. Yeah. Before coming to SU, can you talk a little bit about what you imagined college to be? Yeah. So when you see TV shows, you know, you see college as this like this happy, you know, bright place. Everybody's, you know, sort of getting along. But when I first got here, I never, you know, felt what I saw on the TV shows. It's like your expectations get, like, raised so high before you get to college. And then when you actually get here, it's like, it's not, like, happy and, like, joyful as you, like, saw on the TV shows. You know, I think that, like, portrayal before college is, like, very misleading to think that it's just, like, you know, happy everybody's just, like, getting along. Can you talk a little bit about what it was like to come to campus for the first time? Like what your move in experience was like, um, maybe the first couple of days of orientation, mm-hmm. um, being in this new environment. Yeah, so the move-in process to me, it was, I love, I like the move-in process. I loved that. I loved how everybody was 
nervous. Like, I, you know, as me, I can sense it. You know, everybody was a little bit anxious with me and new people. But we were also, like, excited to meet the people at the same time. And when I go out into my dorm and I look down in my hallways, I see that, you know, I don't see a lot of people, like, generally from my community. There's a lot of uh, Caucasians, like, around me. So it's like they're they're all, like, bonding in a way. So, like, as the week progresses, as moving, like, gets deeper, I see everybody already, you know, bonding over their old communities or their like race and it's like now you have to venture outwards more beyond your dorm or more beyond your hall to like find that same community that everybody else was finding there i think what you just described is so important for people to understand you know it's interesting my observation you know this is not a scientific finding Mm. but my observation or my What's the word? Your theory? Yes. My my unproven theory, thank you, is that the vast majority of Caucasian students that attend SU went to predominantly white high schools. Mm -hmm. And therefore, I think what happens is this idea of like like clumping together with like or like being attracted to like. And so white students just kind of tend to gravitate towards one another because Mm -hmm. it's familiar. Yeah. And on the surface, there's nothing really wrong with that. I was just going to say okay. that, like, there's really nothing wrong in that fact. Because I think students base it more off of just people that are, like, similar to who th- whom they have, like, grown up with. Right. Or, like, the communities they have, like, grown up with. So it's, I never really, like, looked down and, like, you know, shamed them for it or, like, blamed them for it. But it's, like, I will kind of, like, do the same thing. I'll try to find the community that most like suits me or people that are similar to whom I've like grown up with. So I never like really like blamed them for it. There was, they was never in the wrong, but it's still like a problem that needs to be like addressed. I think that's exactly it, Nate, is that it's understandable, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, if we're going to be a campus that interacts with each other and becomes a community, what happens, exactly what you experienced the first couple days of orientation, is that eventually it just kind of people gravitate away. If they're gravitating towards, they're also gravitating away. Yeah. They're leaving something or forgetting something in the process. Exactly. And so that's the part that I'm trying to get to Mm. and unpack. And I think you identified it in a really simple and powerful way. Because I was talking to one of my coworkers and they was also describing to me how like when they first got into like day hall or like BBB hall, the first thing they saw was like a lot of like Caucasians around them. And when they got into like uh, South Campus, there were more like people from HLP, there's more like african-american yeah african-american students so it's like for the first year you're automatically put in this like community where it's pushing you to like bond but it's like it's not because you're you don't like come from that community like you don't understand how would i socialize how would i you know like what things do they like what topics you know do we you know share so it's a big like gap i think when there is that gap because You know, if students have similar backgrounds, the gap is very small. And so Mm -hmm. it's not that you don't have to go outside of yourself very much to have those connections and conversations. And you've got the similar points of references Mm -hmm. and you might be listening to same kind of culture, art, movies, film. Whereas if there's a larger gap, then... It's like the wider the gap, the less likely people are going to try to bridge it. That's my observation, you know, yeah. because it, it takes more risk. It takes a little bit of vulnerability. It takes a little bit of uncomfortableness mm-hmm. to try to bridge that gap. And so that's what I think happens is instead of trying, students kind of just 
they just want to like withdraw back and yeah because yeah. even some places i go like i will go to like the barber shop here and even though they yes they are student of colors it's like we may not bond as much because they're mainly from like new york city so i always thought like even if they did accept me in their group will i even like feel comfortable like being there because i never really came from that community so it's like I would rather want to, like, as everyone else, I assume, would want to, like, stick to their, like, community that you have always been associated with. And, yes, it does take, like, a level of, like, vulnerability to, like, go out and, like, venture to, like, different communities. But I think most students just want that, like, level of, like, safety. Like, they want to know that they're in a group that they can, like, easily open up with or, like, talk with. And you bring up a really interesting point in terms of, I think we think about identity as it relates to race or ethnicity or gender, but to also look at the layer of geographical difference yes. in region mm-hmm. and hometown. Do you mind talking a little bit more about that? Yes. Even before I went on this podcast, I was thinking like it's more than just like race that can like bond, you know, people. I was thinking specifically, as you said, this is about the community or like the geograph that you came from, because I know we have like the 119 Euclid house that's made for all students of colors. But even amongst us, we're split up between different communities. Like I remember I went to this one event, I think it was like this fashion show, and I overheard a conversation. One of one person was asking um, another, like, what part of Africa did you come from? And I will go to like an Hispanic like frat party and I would hear them say, oh, well, I, well Latina heritage are you? So um, they're really like bonding over that geograph. It's not just, they're not just going to any like student of color or any body that's Latina and just like, you know, bonding, you know, with them or trying to like break out that shell. They're actually trying to like find like someone that's in their community too so they can like bond with them. So this idea that, you know, because I think maybe the assumption from the outside looking in is, oh, there's similarity there. But then to look at this nuanced approach of under this category or, you know, this category of difference, whether we're looking at black or African-American, specifically black, there could be so much more nuance there in terms of identity. And I I think that's a really important consideration. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like I've seen it in terms of um, with summer start students, all HUP and SSS students participate in summer start if they're coming in their first year. And I definitely see how the students who are, we have so many students from the New York City region, Mm -hmm. which is fantastic. And I also see how students, you know, I've had students from Miami, I've had students from Texas, I've had students from DC, students from Rochester, trying to navigate that because there's such a strong bond Mm -hmm. to be from the New York City area and so that's a plus that's a positive but it can also kind of be a tough nut to crack if you're on the outside looking in to try to like (laughs) bond you know when you because I even at the barbershop I can tell they have like their own lifestyle their own like culture that's come that's associated with new york city and i can't even say with like texas miami there's like certain cultures or lifestyles that come with it even if it's not as explicit so it just it just seems even uncomfortable to you to try to like pride your way into it if you're if you don't share those same similarities with them right I can see that. And, you know, nothing against, by any means, students from New York City. It's a positive thing to have that yeah. commonality. And so maybe it's just a little bit of envy. <laughs> yeah, again, it's, it's never their fault. It's never, I don't think no one's really at fault here. It's just like, it's just us wanting to have that safety again. Right. You know, we don't want to like try to make ourselves even more uncomfortable as we 
have been like we're in college we're doing middle classes i think like best students want is just to like have their own community their own group they can go back into like you know in case they were like struggling or if they need anything they just have that safety with them because this is college is already a risk to have so venturing out to like new people is it's like an added like risk to you while being in college yeah I like how you use that term safety because I think it really captures it because when you have that sense of safety that, you know, what you throw out there, they're going to pick up that you don't have to try as hard. Mm -hmm. You know, the people you're speaking with are going to understand what you're talking about, your yeah. references. And then it's like it takes less energy. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yes, yeah, way easier to bond like that. And that's why I always want to say it's just. It's nobody's fault for choosing that path. Right. You know? But if we were to break that barrier, it takes a bit of like uncomfortability and vulnerability to break that barrier within each other. So we could all find like a common ground. We could all make our own culture or lifestyle right here in Syracuse. Instead of relying on our past cultures, we can like create a new one whilst acknowledging our past. So um, I like that vision. Yeah. Because as an entrepreneur, you went to. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I think that that's, that's a great vision to have. Like mm -hmm. we all come from different backgrounds and we bring a little bit of that with us here. Yeah. But in this new space, we also have the opportunity to, to create something. Yes. You know. I like that a lot. How, how do we get there? <laughs> that's the, okay. Um, my like first idea was thinking like events or like maybe startup, how would I say clubs or programs? I feel like it should be more than just like race. I think it should be more of like, even if you want to bond over your community, just be specific about it. Like, you know, uh, this is about people from like New York City or from Africa, because there's nothing wrong with having that one group or that one event. But, you know, I think we should like push race to think that like everybody is just exactly the same just because of their race. So, I think we should just push that agenda off and try to find like a new common ground. And also one thing I noticed, like every time I go into the census lab, I don't know where everybody is from in there, but I know they all come there to bond. It's like a new friendship. And you might think, would they ever like be, would they ever be friends if census wasn't created? So I think there's like an importance of creating events where it's more focused on like different goals maybe like attributes that you know people have like maybe like if you're a new house student a Whitman student you know different goals other than like race and then you just naturally bond with people that not even their same race or came from your same community it forces you into that habit while finding new common ground it might not make Syracuse collectively a whole culture or a whole different lifestyle but i think that'll push people to like get out their boundaries and be exposed to new communities or new lifestyle choices it's so interesting that you say that because that yeah. is exactly our thought behind census let's use music production and mm. podcasting as a means to connect with like-minded similarly interested yeah. people and then we can get to know one another not just talking about our identities but yeah. through the shared interest in creating and then it, it just kind of organically those relationships kind yeah, of like organically it just, happen it forms. like you end up meeting new people it's like you put aside the expected communities that you want to be in for a second you just focus on creating like a new bond and before you know it you're creating like your own culture right then and there in census so i feel like more of that is like crucial to have on campus besides just programs for like what race you're in or you know 
saying? And it's still crucial to have that too, to be like, you know, acknowledging, you know, different race. I think they just opened up the Native Americans house right next to Wellington Euclid. So I love that they're still showing appreciation of like different cultures and where you're coming from. They still taking that pride. But in order to really like break that barrier to like have everyone come together, it's, you need more than just race to like bond someone, someone with something with like a common goal that people, students can have on campus. I 100% agree with what you're saying, that it's like kind of like a multi-pronged approach Mm -hmm. to have the spaces that people from different communities can kind of come together and feel some degree of solidarity and unity and safety. And then at the same time, having spaces that are based on interest where people from all different backgrounds can interact, not just because they come from different backgrounds, but because there is something that's speaking to their shared humanity. Mm. That was the the phrase that kind of stuck in my head in terms of, you know, launching census is this idea that music and dialogue and food we haven't gotten to food yet but um you know that really speaks to and it highlights our commonality i'm I'm really excited to hear you say that as a first year student (laughs) coming to census just i appreciate that i mean imagine if there was like a house just like 119 Euclid where it was just like an open space I don't know if it would be chaotic but and maybe there's like a, a common ground or a goal that you know the house like specifically has but if people can just like come and show no matter what race you are I feel like that will really like push people to like especially since the house is so like closed in it's like it's almost impossible not to notice the like, person next to you I mean I think we have those like Shine and Goldstein where people come but they're like so open but if you have like one house where you can come and chill it just forces you to like talk to someone new if you see someone on the couch just like even the environment is very comfortable and cozy for you to go and talk to someone that is a great idea yeah that would be it because it, it would be more intimate a house is a more intimate setting than Shine you know Cause you see shine and even if you walk into shine you still see those like different groups kind of like sectioned off everybody's there like together but they're not they're just with their group together at that place so i feel like something smaller something cozy can like even the senses like the senses too like i go into senses it's more closed in so you're more prone to like talk to more people there instead of bringing your own group in and just having that bubble without talking to anybody else i'm thinking of like a social experiment Mm -hmm. where like there was a space where like we would like randomly lottery pick 20 students or 10 students or a certain number and be like You've randomly chosen students. This is your space this for the next month. That's so you guys all come together. This is your turn yes. to come here and just kind of see what evolves. That's that's excellent. <laughs> that's exactly randomizing. Yes, that's. Do you think that students would be into it? And then they could like yeah. talk, and it would just kind of be this. Yeah, because that's similar to like what frat houses is but even frat houses are like bonding over just like what race you are so i feel like that that's like an next because i was trying to figure out how would you even like manage that in a house like if you had a house and you say hey everybody from su is invited that would be hard to manage but i feel like randomizing it to a certain amount that's yeah that's better so students could like opt in at the beginning mm-hmm. like do you want to be a part of this social experiment and if they sign up then sometimes throughout the academic year they're going to get a certain period where their yeah. number is called and they have to come and just get to know a whole new group of people and, and maybe there can there's even like be, oh sorry there can even be like a common goal like yes. what if someone wanted was you gonna say that <laughs> well keep going like what if there is like a house for music house for art what if you had just a house away from like academics just for a little bit somewhere you can just like freely go and like play do you know how hard it is to like find like a piano somewhere <laughs> 
like I have to go into like Kraus and all the doors are locked. So it's like you can't really even use the pianos even though you're not from that school. So I feel like having a house where it's just open to all, like, you know, no matter if you're from Whitman or Newhouse, if you know how to play piano, you could just come in and start, you know, playing. But that's specifically to me. You know, that's specifically that, to me. And then maybe it would be like, it wouldn't be completely structured, but mm-hmm. there would be like certain structure, structured elements just to kind of like get things going. Yeah. Like first thing you guys you know get to know each other in this way and maybe there's like a mural that they have to do by the end or mm-hmm. like some kind of yeah, creative something. like joint not a, i mean it doesn't have to be a mural yeah. maybe it's like a song or yeah, like some like event because how nick is creating like an album yes. there can be like an album making they or like an art show for like artists you know that they, have they like draw each other or something yeah no, that, would be good. that would be a fun social experiment yeah no that's that's I think that's actually the plan to like move above race and just have like new common grounds for bonding. Oh, I like yeah, that's, that. Idea. That's a good idea. Wow, we just went everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I noticed that we probably were on the rest <laughs> of the questions. But <laughs> let me ask you this: How would you describe, in your way, what a sense of belonging feels like to you? How do you know when you feel like you belong? Mm-hmm. I guess is what I'm asking. I believe is is really based off of comfortability. Coming from the summer start group, I was able to create my you know own group. I was able to meet new people, and we kind of formed our own like you know group, social group. You know, here for college, and can't like really rely on them because I'm very comfortable at being around them. I got to know them a lot, so I feel like sense of belonging is being able to like really like be comfortable showing your true self. You know, no matter like where you came from, and know that they will like accept you too for it. I think it just really like depends on how comfortable you are in that around the people that you choose to be around so that you have that sense of safety yeah again yeah and i think maybe it takes a little less effort mm-hmm. yeah it takes a less effort but it's like in the long run it will be more easier if we did push our boundaries too right because then like when you get into college it's it's not everybody just sticking to their group because even um well, this is going to be a stretch even the book i'm reading it's called influence they talk about how you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable mm. so eventually if you're in a comfortable situations a lot like let's say you don't like public speaking if you keep you know venturing out to do public speaking eventually you're going to get rid of that fear to do it so that kind of aligns with college too where if you keep pushing yourself if you allow students to like push themselves and find you know new communities to like try to like venture into then eventually we'll get rid of that fear and that wanting of that safety and we'll just as i said before be like that whole like su community or whole cultural lifestyle to be a part of Fantastic. Thinking about on the other end of the spectrum, loneliness. As a first year student, at what point did you recognize that you might be feeling lonely? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, When I went to the barber, again, they were all from like New York City. And I was just sitting in that chair and I, I didn't know how to, you know, approach. I didn't know how to like socialize it's like I forgot everything every socializing skill I had right then and there I knew that we were I was comfortable in the fact that I knew that we were both student of colors we was all student of colors but um I knew there was still like a barrier 
because I was never growing up in New York City. I never was accustomed to people from New York City's lifestyle. So I guess that's like the first time that I've like really, ex- you know, experienced that like differentiation. And then after that, it just kind of like grown where you see many more examples. Even like most events are for like boosting black pride. But when you go to them, it's specifically for Africa and their like shared, you know, values. And, you know, me, I was, I never knew like the values that Africa, you know, has or being from Africa has. So I can tell that was another barrier where people are bonding over, you know, the exact geograph of like being a student of color. So I guess that's like where I see, you know, see myself like being a bit lonely. It's interesting because within those spaces, there's similarities, but almost maybe it can amplify the differences or the feeling of difference i don't i don't know if i'm saying that right i think so like with new york city they have like that same commonality but it's like the fact that it's so strong means that there's going to also be a stronger barrier from like someone else right yeah yeah i think that that's a nuanced perspective and Mm. understanding of that situation that it's important for us to talk about and acknowledge and the fact that you're willing to have this conversation you know somebody coming in in 2024 2025 mm. you know might they're more aware yeah. of like that. and what i love so much about this and what makes me feel so much comfortable addressing this is like uh, it's like as again it's no one's like fault it's like something that no one really talks about but it's it's kind of like hidden Right. So it's a, it's a problem that's like almost hidden that everybody knows, but they, I don't know how to like really put it. It's like something underlined, like within the bears that you can't really see. You just like fill it in like different like places, but there's no one really to talk to because no one really talks about it. No one really thinks that like deeply about it, but it's still like a problem. It's still like a concern because once you find your safety, it's like no matter what happens, I know I have my safety to go back to. So no one really wants to speak about it because we all have like people to go back to ourselves. So that's why, you know, I I feel like it's important to like address this problem because it's so hidden. Like it's not in plain sight where people can see it's because, you know, before it was like, you know, trying to get people from different races to like bond. So they create like different events or different programs, clubs. But now it's it's more than that, and it's not that visible to like see. You have to just experience it, and then like really talk it out, and then you realize. Because I, it's, the hardest part is that I don't know how many other students feel the same way. Exactly. That's that's why I keep saying it's so hidden. Because it's like you you don't know because no one else is like really speaking up about it. It's interesting. It's like maybe a metaphor would be like if we were fish in water, it's like present. So it'd be like an unspoken current that we're kind of like yeah. maneuvering in, but we don't necessarily don't see it. See it. You, you just know? have to like really like think about it and notice like it's a problem. It's one of those things where it's like, it's a huge, like, you can sense that something is wrong, but you just don't, you don't know what, because everybody is, like, content or happy with, you know, how they, or I hope so, that they are happy and consent, yes, happy consent with, you know, the groups that they have chosen, so it's it's not really talked of a lot. So... As a first-year student, and I, and I do think it would be interesting to revisit your your journey at SU mm-hmm. over the next three and a half years to see where that's going to go, because I think that would be really interesting. But I'm wondering, do you have any coping mechanisms when you're in periods of loneliness? 
I would say one coping mechanism that I've acquired is calling upon like the people that are in your group, the people that you feel safe with, to give you that reassurance that you're not alone, like you're not alone in that presence right then and there. It's just that you may not share their... Because sometimes I get in those situations and I start overthinking where it's like, Maybe the whole campus is like just bare, like barred off, you know, just differentiated away. So it's good to have those reassurances. Maybe, maybe it doesn't even have to be someone from campus. It can be like your, you know, your parents, or it could be a friend from like home. And just to like let you know that even though you may feel lonely at this present, there's still people that care about you, or there's still people that still wants to be around. So I feel like that's important to have to like cope with. Yeah. It's interesting because I think about like my experience as an undergraduate and I think for me it was almost like I was so it was almost like shameful to feel lonely so you didn't yeah. want to reach out and admit that you were lonely mm. or that you know so it's kind of like that's what you need to do because it takes that one person to be vulnerable and reach out and to comfort the person that may be feeling alone and there's some people that just wants to like you know back away from it almost it might be not where they want to put their energy at that yeah. moment or what they want to take on or they might not have the skills or i don't know they they could be a jerk about it and just use it as an opportunity to feel superior yeah <laughs> so yeah like i feel like people may, may even use that to like boost their own like you know, their own bonding or whatnot. So that's what I'm saying. I don't know if anybody else is feeling like lonely out there, but I know it's hard to like, you know, put yourself out there and talk about it like that. Because in some ways it is maybe unreasonable to expect like an 18 year old Hmm. peer to be able to handle somebody else's loneliness and you know it would it's understandable if they kind of back away from that kind of emotional work if you don't have those skills i think it's at least best to like point them into the direction of someone that does like if you go to like barns or whatnot you know they may have like people that are qualified but i think taking it upon yourself that's i i can understand if they don't want to like if they find it more of like a risk then help what are some things that would be less risky that might help in my head i'm thinking like maybe sharing a meal are you saying like amongst students yeah like how can we be supportive without kind of crossing the boundary of mental health support i will say it's the little things i feel like you shouldn't try to like solve or anything like that try to like figure the whole thing out and try to put your whole life basis into it i think it's just like the small things that you know people like or appreciate it could be small as opening up the door as you say like sharing a meal it doesn't have to be you know this whole like big you know solution to try to help them i think that's really wise I think what we're talking about is really important in terms of knowing your boundary, knowing your role, being aware that you don't want to do unintentional more harm, but you also don't want to turn your back completely. And so what's the fine line there? What's the middle ground? And the idea of just kindness in Mm -hmm. the form of acknowledging somebody's presence and holding the door. Even just a hug. Like, instead of being that person that just kind of, like, want to back out of it and walk away, you don't even have to, like, say anything, like, major. You can just give out a hug or whatnot. You can give them your Instagram. I know people do it sometimes and just check up on them, like, get their Instagram and check up on them, see how they're doing. It's just stuff, you know, like that. But, like, don't try to, like, go in-depth into, like, what they're, you know, dealing with. Actually pointing to someone that can actually help with that. Nice. So, I know that 
you're only a couple months into your college experience, but what steps did you take to figure out the spaces and places on campus where you did find a sense of belonging? Can you describe the spaces and the people who provided a sense of community for you? And how do you go about maintaining those relationships? Um, I believe it was during the Summer Start program where we had this fair, this like club fair, where you can go around and like, you know, see different clubs. Like the one that started to me was the Launchpad, the Launchpad Club or the organization, which I love. It's like so easy to start a conversation with and to have that common goal to be around people that, you know, you have that same, you know, mentality, that same drive, the same goal for. It's it boosts it almost like so uh, the Launchpad and I already said the census group, that's like the main lead, the main two that I had, it was so easy to start conversations. You know, even with the employees that worked there, I was able to like, even asking for help can like start like a conversation or start like a bond. That's why I like love those like environments where it's like you just put everything else away and just look at the same goal, like the entrepreneurship goal, like to have a business or to become your own artist. You know, I love that about those two places. That's like the main two places that I really like, you know, venture out to and go to. You know what stands out to me is that I think what plays a big role is that you have a self-awareness, that you have a genuine passion for entrepreneurship and a Mm -hmm. genuine passion for music. So that's enough to carry you into a new space and kind of engage you because you know you're going to find like-minded people and that's enough to bond you. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe some students who are still looking for that struggle. Yeah. Because they don't have something that they know. They're so, so passionate about. Yeah. I get that a lot. So I feel like it's a lot of like self-discovery too. Like you have yeah. to find what is it that makes you happy the most or even just still venture out to those communities and see if you, you know, would like to like to join them too or to like, you know, hop on like a project or not that they're doing and just try different things to see, you know, what you like. So it's going to be more of like a, a longer process to find a community but it's it's still going to get you like the results you know that uh, somewhere where you can find that like sense of belonging at finally what words of encouragement or advice do you have for incoming students who in the future might be experiencing similar feelings that you were feeling in terms of loneliness and isolation do you have any words of wisdom to share i would say coming into college is a big risk it is a big risk to try to venture out to new people or whatnot that you may not that you may not know or you may not have came from the same communities with but i feel like it's important to still like venture out like you know venture out to different clubs or whatnot that you may not have like passionate with just like try to like learn their passion try to like learn their cultures or their lifestyles or whatnot. And I feel like that will make you even like more comfortable being able to be around different environments other than, you know, the one you're comfortable with. And then eventually, you know, because we're here for four years, so eventually you'll be able to feel more comfortable, you know, branching out to different communities or whatnot, even when you get to the real world. So I feel like it's important, like, yes, you want to find, you know, a group that you're you know comfortable with. You know, it's good to find people that, you know, have what's 
common ground as you. Uh, but I feel like if you don't want to feel that that loneliness or feel that disconnection, I feel like it's important to still try to like reach out because it just takes one person to try to like reach out and you never know what may happen. Everybody else can start reaching out and venturing and then you can create while learning their own culture, you can create your own like culture right then and there you know so i feel like it's crucial just to like break out your break out your show just a little and like you know be comfortable with being uncomfortable that's That's fantastic this has been a fantastic conversation Mm -hmm. overall i've really enjoyed this i'm glad i glad i joined right we gotta keep doing it Mm -hmm. this conversation will continue all right thank you nate thank you nice nice being here nice being here yay all right bye everybody Thank you for listening to this episode of the Lonely Campus Podcast. I'm Armando Martinez, Director of Inclusion and Belonging. If you found this podcast helpful, let us know and feel free to share other ways we can make campus more welcoming and inclusive to all.